No, I'm good. Welcome, everybody. It's episode 71 of Hot Take from the Kitchen. We are two weeks in a row with an episode, which is kind of exciting. And tonight we have our guest, Matt Mishinsky. Hi, everybody. Turning again for fourth time. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, welcome back, Matt. Thank you. It's a big week for you. It is. Yes. So we'll get into that a little later. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search Hot Take from the Kitchen. And we've had a couple posts on the Instagram page, which people have responded to, which is kind of cool. And you can also email us at hottakefromthekitchen at gmail.com. It is H-O-T-T-A-K-E-F-R-O-M-T-H-E-K-I-T-C-H-E-N at gmail.com. And there are no new emails, so. I'll make a deal with people. All right. If our network or the network of friends we have does a better job, and I will encourage it, of referencing me customers. I won't hit social media so hard for myself because I'm selfish in nature. I have to be. But it would leave me time more for, like, the kitchen, streakers, yeah. and all these other things. And I'm not just obsessed with, you know, like, other things. Yeah. You know, like today, I spent a lot of time on the race and our pot today because I was trying to figure out there's a way to hook two mics into this, two, like, the lapels we have. Yeah. Other the labs, and then these right here are two mic inputs in it. So we got four mic inputs. I spent all day trying to figure out, or just more time than I should have. <laughs> but um, on top of that, uh, as you know, and we're going to talk about this here shortly. I spent a lot of time trying to figure out some things with the race as well. So like, um, but there, I didn't. I haven't posted pictures in three days, which is fine. Like, and at, at four thirty, I finally was like, well, I gotta do something. Like, uh, well, and you have to understand that algorithm works that way. Like, if I don't do something, it just goes away, and then I, and then I'm starting from scratch. And so it's like I have to make it a priority, or else I just get lost in the shuffle. But you have to know that I don't like going on Facebook talking about cars all day long. I'd rather, much rather, right. do the do this. Talk about the pod. Say, hey, what can we talk about? Gather guests. You know, I love posting photos and talking about stuff like that. That's I, but. Okay. All, none of this happens. Like, the recorder doesn't happen if we don't do the other things. Yeah. So, like, right. you know, that's where we're at. So, right. that's the make the deal I make with people. So, people start referencing more. I can start stop posting <laughs> stupid car videos, which I know they're stupid. I think they're cool, but you know what I mean. And we can do more fun stuff like we have over the past couple weeks. Yes. All right. So, get on that, people. All right. I guess we will get into the hot take topics. And we'll start with the Film Fest from this past weekend. Steve said you had something to say. I got two things I want to say. First of all, thank you both for coming. No oh, problem. My pleasure. What a mistake. Yeah, I know. I appreciate it. Friends like you make it easier for me. Um, also, when I say this, it helps to have you here when I say it. Because I don't think, like, other than Karen and a couple other people that went, they're not really going to understand what I'm trying to say when I say this. But my film stunk compared to some of the other films that were there. And I don't mean that in the way of, I think our story that we had was just as good as anyone else's there, 100%. Yeah. Which is why it was important to me that no matter what, and that's where I'm headed with this, no matter how I could do it, I wanted to make sure that story got told. So I could care less. I set the ego side, and that's really hard to do sometimes because you watch the, the film that went before me, as you guys know, was personally helped funded by NASA. That one was later. Well, yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, like, and, and then the same group yeah. was NASA on a billion-dollar plane. Yeah, like 
and it's just like you realize like you sit there and you go oh my god like we did this on iphones and i had to take maybe a personal day other than that it was just free time mm -hmm. and, and you watch something like that which was amazing i mean you guys know i mean you were there gorgeous everything about it was perfect but you're just like holy what am i even doing here right now but at the same time the only thing that would have, the only thing that would stop me from doing it would have been ego like saying oh my god i'm so embarrassed to put this product out compared to that to compare myself to something yeah. and i do that once in a while i think we're all guilty of doing that but there is a lesson to be in there versus like saying hey i know how much you guys enjoy the story how much other people enjoy hearing that story and if you're able to just get if i'm able to get over myself and if other people can and just say hey i'm going to do it so like whether that's taking pictures and like man my pictures aren't as good as rick's and rick would laugh at you if you ever told him that i know he would he'd be like what is your problem you know, because Rick looks at Paul Giroux and he's like, man, I just wish I could shoot like Paul because Paul is unbelievable. I mean, he's just fantastic. But at the same time, Rick is just as good as everyone in his own right. And we all know that. Mm -hmm. But it's really easy to get caught up in yourself to stop yourself from doing that. So I encourage you. I mean, as you've done, you entered light last year. I was super proud you did that. Not, I could care less about the photo. It was the idea of you putting yourself yeah. out there. And I think that will lead to other things in your life, like maybe a girlfriend you know, who knows, but the, these are all the processes you have to do to be able to like, okay, I'm going to get over myself, put my ego away and be able to move on. And I think there's a lesson for everyone. Sure. So if I can go against the film that had NASA or the film that went before that was funded by the DEQ, yeah. I mean, I tested, I texted Justin. I was like, well, we were sponsored over that, the DEQ. And I was like, oh, right. okay. <laughs> and I, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> That was great that one Monroe was doing with their river shed. Unbelievable. We're happy. I mean, we know how much we value water. Right. But I was like, come on, what's going on here right now? And I, again, I understand and I, I don't, I wish I could have loved the quality. The Lord knows that. But again, it's ego. So that was what I want to say. First and foremost, thank you for the support. But second of all, for everyone else listening, don't be afraid to just say, hey, I'm going to do it yeah. and then just get better because, yeah, you're going to suck. And it's not going to be as good as some of the other stuff. But if you don't do it, you just never know. So that's that. That's my whole thing I want to say about the film festival. And I enjoyed it. And I really appreciate Rick. Not that I didn't appreciate you guys, but Rick came with me. The, the, the Friday night was super awkward for me. I was really essentially there with just Rick, but Rick was there with Meg. And this, of course, there's she works at, she's really close with everybody there yeah. with Noah. So there was a lot of times where I was just kind of like eh, by myself. And, you know, a couple of guys, there was a couple, um, let's say, it, filmmakers there that kind of knew me and seeing what I was doing. And they wanted to talk about some of the stuff. And it's just, it's an awkward environment to be in. You know, the one guy that was taking pictures, he's using a lens that you could take most of my equipment. You could take his camera and lens. Take all the equipment Rick and I have, put it together, and that is really what he was using there that night. And you're just like, you know, that's hardcore stuff. And I pre I love him. You know, I'm not hating by any stretch of imagination. I'm in awe of it all. But it's just like, man, you really feel out of your league. And then I felt so much better Saturday having you guys there as a support network and just kind of like kind of laughing at the stuff I laugh at because, you know, you know, man, there's a point of me. I think all three of us are the same way. There's some self-deprecation to all of us that we're willing to like, you know, you're willing to admit that you're kind of a quiet guy to a fault. I mean, you're kind of like, eh, you know, and some of that stuff that I do, I kind of was like, oh, what am I doing here? You know, I'm a Rick wore a tie. I came from work, you know, I'm in my Chevrolet thing. I'm just like, what am I doing here right now? Mm -hmm. Just like, so, and you know, I, Dress the part. I dress a little cooler Saturday, so I felt a little better about myself. But just the whole thing was just, yeah. 
I'm glad you put yourself out there. I appreciate it. And I appreciate the push from everyone. I think everybody should see that. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? It's also worth seeing it. It's not terrible, but in that environment, what I mean by like, you know, when I watched, I think Matt's the one that asked me, was when you watch it, what do you do? I just shake my head the entire time from the first minute it starts running to the end. I just shake my head the whole time because I just pick it apart. Now that's, that's somebody told me it's like when you do a home improvement project, somebody comes in and go, Oh my God, your tile floor is amazing. But when I go walk in there, I go, man, that spot right there is off by everything else. And you can't help but look at it because you're the one that did it. Yeah. You see all of it. And you know, you know, this not because you were there. I, I didn't have any sound yet. And it was evident as you were listening to the interviews. Sometimes there was music playing. Sometimes it wasn't bad. It added to the obvious, but other times it was the summer and the air conditioner was just, you know, and, you sometimes you hear that so and yeah so that's that all right but yes thank you i appreciate it all right we will move on and our next topic is the coronavirus going on in china Matt's favorite thing right now there are 2700 confirmed cases now in beijing and they can they're saying that that number is going to grow <clears throat> Also, it's to the point now it has affected the U.S. stock market among the people that know how to use the stock market. Uh, the powers that be feel like this is going to be uh, spreading to a point where it's going to detriment society. So, and now the number for U.S. cases has jumped to seven officially. So, so the yes. I think it's somewhat serious and nerve-wracking. It, it totally is. But, you know, the, the president has offered to send CDC people to China, and he is awaiting a response from China on that. Well, you're not going to get one. Well, no kidding. I mean, really what needs to happen, you can't let anyone in and out of China until they decide they're going to help. Correct. Yeah. I mean, that's really what needs to happen, because they're not going to take the help. So then you just need to shut it all off because like, you know, it's the safety of the world or you know, test each person. I guess if you're going to be willing to leave China you got to make it known that this is the only way it's going to happen. And people, in the, I mean, cause it, you can stop people. It's yeah. real easy. You stop. You just don't come to customs. Right. Well, look, you saw this, the Wuhan, China, which was where it originated. They shut down a city of 11 million people. No in, no out, no form of transportation whatsoever. So it's possible to do. It's 11 million people. With that being said, though, 11 million people were in that city. That's what is it, like filthy sick of it. And no one is really dead yet. Now, we both know China is great at masking things. So it could be much more dead than that. Well, there's now 80 confirmed deaths, or 80, I'm reading it right now, 82 confirmed deaths in China. Yeah. So that number has jumped from yesterday, it was 53. So now it's eight, you know, it grew what thirty one, I think twenty nine, and I think we're all very comfortable saying that that number is much higher. They're just hiding it. Correct. Yeah, I think that, that's also you're, you're you're not taking into account the transient population, which is really hard to to get a number on anyway. So the transient population is likely affected. Mm-hmm. So you don't know how many that is. Yeah. So was that enough? That's good enough for me. Thank you. I, I'll give you one other thing. I honestly believe we have the inoculation for it. I'll even go one step further. We have it. Okay. It could be. Yeah, I, 
looked it up on the while I was at work and it said that this is a typical virus. It's just an extreme case right now, but there's no known or certified cures or anything for it. My now this is the egotistical American in me, but I always feel in this type of stuff, the world's playing checkers, the US is playing chess. And I bring up the movie Deterrence, which I know you love. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite movies. Again, like we're not worried about the nukes being fired off because we have all the codes to the nukes. Right. Or the people that we're, we're friends with the people really in the end of the day when it comes down to serious nukes. We're the one, the three of us or the couple of us all have the codes. Everyone else is just, yeah. Yep. So. All right. We will move on. And our next topic is the Super Bowl happening on Sunday. It is San Francisco against Kansas City. We got. I got San Francisco. It depends on how Kansas City comes out. So they're the two playoff games they played in this year, they came out really slow and had to come from behind big in both games. And I don't think they can do that against the 49ers. And so for a couple of reasons. One Kyle Shanahan doesn't want to have a number another 28-3 loss under his belt like he did to the Patriots a couple of years ago. And I think he's going to keep the foot on the gas. But two, 49ers defense is really underrated. Yeah. And uh, they have just smart enough of a quarterback that he won't turn the ball over. So, but if Kansas City jumps out early... Now we're in a dogfight, and it's the Super Bowl everybody wanted. Well, part of it is, is that they actually play defense. That's not to say Kansas City plays defense, but... Kansas City's best defense is their offense. Yes, correct. Whereas the 49ers actually have defense. Correct. So, yeah. All right. So who do you have? I got the Chiefs. Even though a large part of me feels that the Niners are going to give the Chiefs a run for money, or very well could win... I just think, I don't know, maybe any real choke again. That's very possible. I mean, I don't have a real dog in this fight. Yeah, I don't either. Because my my Patriots are not in the Super Bowl this year. So uh, if I'm going with my heart, uh, I'd like to see Andy Reid get a Super Bowl because I've liked Andy Reid for a long time. But two, uh, but my head tells me the 49ers are going to win. Real question is, who did Joe Montana have? Well, I think that's pretty easy, I'm guessing, but... Didn't leave on the best terms with San Francisco. Who did he pick? I don't know. Oh, man. Cliffhanger. Yeah. All right, and we'll move on to our last topic, which is Kobe Bryant. Died in a helicopter crash yesterday, along with his daughter and seven other people, including the pilot going to a basketball game up at his gym, I guess, or academy or whatever. Mamba Academy. Yeah. And I saw today that before the helicopter crash, they tried to pull up. But I don't know. Oh. So, yes. So, Matt and I talked a little bit about this set. So, um, we both heard, if you heard on the radio, or maybe that wasn't you today. Maybe it was just Charlie Erickson that I had this conversation. Sorry. There's tape or recording of what was communicated between the tower and the and the um, helicopter. And it was stated that you are so low, we can't find you on the radar. So you need to come up. 
but the fog was so thick he couldn't see where he was going. So that's what he was fighting. Is if he went too high, he couldn't see, but he, so he had to go low. But so low, they couldn't get the radar. So he was forcing to go up, and the fog was so thick. And I, I, it sounded like he saw the mountain, and then he panicked because he didn't, he couldn't get out of the way in time. So, so that's terrible. That would surprise me because they said fog is probably a factor in the whole thing. Yeah. So. Well, I guess there's a safety bureau that keeps two helicopters in the air around Los Angeles at all times. One that flies in the north end and one that flies in the south end. The weather was so bad they grounded both those. Oh, they would not let the helicopters go out. It wasn't safe. Crazy. It is worth noting though. This is how Kobe travels. Every day. Yeah, he flies because it, he doesn't want to wait two and a half hours in traffic, and you're a millions upon millions upon millions there, and you can't travel that way. Yeah. So. Why not? Yeah. So why not? Yeah. It's unfortunate and it's terribly sad. And it's been really beautiful to read the, the condolences from various people in the know about what Kobe meant to them. You know, all, all the beautiful stuff. Uh, that being said, part of me thinks it probably could have been unavoided. It could have been avoided in that if the two safety helicopters are down. There's probably a pretty good chance that everybody else knows that those safety helicopters are down. Mm -hmm. But I'm pontificating and don't know anything. Yeah. Living in northern Michigan. So. I think the three things that I've seen that, like, I have a whole bunch of different takes on it. One, I didn't know that there were so many people in my life that like Kobe Bryant as much as I did. <laughs> two, there are people out there that are upset that maybe his past transgressions aren't being brought more to light. And that we're celebrating um, a person that, you know, lack of better term, raped a girl. Right. So, um, and we could have that conversation here in a minute, but I'll get to the third one. And the third one is, is that people are all upset that, you know, there are nine total passengers and we're only talking about one or two people. I, so. I get all that. But I'll get all that. One. There's only one person on that plane that was known by billions of people. First point. Second point. That person was also the reason that those other people were able to fly that helicopter. Yeah. Right. I don't. I don't admit. Well, maybe some of those people were rich. I don't know. I mean, this Calabas is AUT. I'm guessing they're probably all right. <clears throat> probably something going on. Um. I think Matt and I have had this discussion. <clears throat> it's part of Kobe's story. Hundred percent. The first ten years of Kobe, when he was arrogant, young. And very ignorant on a lot of different things. Versus the last 15 years of Kobe Bryant. Are two totally different. Now, admittedly, I know I missed 10 years in there. So he's, what, 41? Yep. And he started in the NBA when he was 17. So there's obviously I missed some years there. But the, the last 15 years of Kobe, like Kobe's been retired for nine years? Four. Four? 2016. 2016. 2016. Okay, 16. Four. Yeah. I was thinking the last NBA championship was like 2008 or nine or somewhere around yeah, then. Right. Yeah. So... Um, it's crazy, right? Yeah. I'm more, I was more excited about what Kobe's been doing. You know, you see some people and they don't know what they're going to do. Michael Jordan's a great example of that. I, he, I think he just had to buy the NBA team, and it was up to Michael if he still could do it. I think he'd still be playing basketball. We could hear everything you're doing now with the new mic. Everything. I can't wait till people hear this. <laughs> <laughs> My apologies. <laughs> I'm, I'm fidgeting. 
Um, but Kobe, not only was, I think the thing that upset him the most is he seemed like he was ready to go on this journey with his daughter that was going to be super duper cool. Right. And that's what I'm most sad about is it just seemed like they were able to do this really cool thing. Yeah. And then the, other, the thing that upset me the most, as I was talking about Charlie Day, is the way that helicopter went down, you knew for a fact Kobe knew he was going to die. Yeah, that's, that's a hard part as a parent. Yeah. And I read, you know, one of the nine million posts that were today that <clears throat> as they're going down or, you know, he knows, and that's the fear of any parent, mm-hmm. is that your, your child not making it. Yeah. And to... To have that conscious thought, knowing that's going to happen, had to be the most horrendous thing anybody could ever go through. Yeah. And to be able to hold, I mean, sure, he was in parent mode. Sure. He was probably just holding her tight and telling her, you know, it's going to be okay. That's hard. Sure. It's a whole thing. So. But yeah. So that's that. Yeah. Rachel Nichols had a take on Kobe's transgression today. And his public statement. She read his public statement. And then she was at a, you know, on, on the jump, she was talking with Ice Cube and uh, the Jefferson that played at Arizona and played in the NBA for a long time. I don't remember his first name. Richard. Richard Jefferson. And she brought it up and she said, you know, of course this happened, but it doesn't define him. There was no criminal, criminal charges were dismissed. He did pay out big in the civil trial. And she said, and then you could see a turn. And I listened to a a female's perspective on this. She said he dedicated the rest of his life to supporting women, to um, helping advance female sports. You see all the players in, you know, college basketball today, uh, well, I think a lot of that had to do with him having daughters. Yeah. You know, I mean, he now all of a sudden it became different for him. Mm-hmm. You know, because he's got girls looking up to him and how he treats women. That's how there's that expectation. <clears throat> My favorite thing about Kobe Bryant is this. And I think if anyone doesn't at least look at it a little bit in this light, they're lying to themselves. I don't know what happened, but it wasn't right. Right. I do know that. Correct. He could have simply just packed it in. He still had more than enough money. He could have easily stopped playing basketball. He could have just taken all that money, gone away, whatever he wanted to do, and been fine, and then done whatever he wanted. But he really did try to make a difference, as you said, on some of these things. Right. You know, And that, for me, is when we all make mistakes, and we all have things that we're embarrassed about, it's what you decide to do after that. And I think that's the one thing I do really appreciate with Kobe is you toward the end of his career, obviously became an ambassador for basketball, especially internationally. And then of course, once he decided that his daughters could play basketball, there was not a bigger advocate for the WNBA and women's college basketball than Kobe Bryant. Correct. So, um, it's just, there it is. So, Mm -hmm. and I mean, if you want to still be mad about it, I get it. You're allowed to, but I think it's important. I mean, if we're going to always judge people on their worst day, then, I mean, you should be also be willing to be judged upon in that same breath. I mean, I guess what I'm saying. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree. All right. I totally agree. All right. That's all I got. 
It's a good break time. All right. We're almost to, we're over 26 minutes, so. All right, we'll take a break and come back. We are here. That's way too close to me. <clears throat> we are here. Well, Matt is our guest, because why? Uh, well, when uh, Thursday I turned 40. That's and nothing I, to do with it. I know that. On <laughs> <I'm, laughs> <I'm> Friday... <laughs> Uh, I'm being inducted into the Alpena High School Sports Wall of Fame. So we got a Wall of Famer in the house. <laughs> so I'm. So let's say the elephant in the room. Long overdue. Sure. You don't have to say that. I get to say. I mean, I know how you are about this. You don't have to say it. I'll say it. Long overdue. Long overdue. Especially for the high school. Thank you. Even for the Sports Hall of Fame, which likes to put Little League stats on the wall. And we also have County League Bowling in there, too. So, um, and I mean, that's impressive, too. Don't get me wrong. It's, I, I used to work at the bowling alley, and I love those guys. But, like, if we're if, honestly, what we're doing here is we are talking about somebody who was first team All State. Special mention. Special mention. Antonio right. Gates had took the number one spot. Okay. Yeah. So let's let's just think about this for a minute. So Antonio Gates, Pro Bowler, first ballot Hall of Famer. Correct. Yes. Is easily going to be a first ballot Hall yes, of Famer he is. in the NFL. Correct. Um, you then left high school heavily recruited. Yes. Went to chose Central Michigan, which we'll get into in a minute here. Yes. I'm just trying to get to my point is that this was your just your football career. Yes. And we can t- we're going to talk about your basketball career and your brief track career. Um, but my whole point is is that if I'm then to compare that to county league baseball, or no, it's not even baseball, it's softball, which would be really cool in its own right if it wasn't for the fact that most of the teams that win like to stack their team with a whole bunch of good guys. Yeah. So, of course, they're going to win because they're – all right. So it's my right. rant right. is over. It's not. But. I guess my whole point is, is like, I don't understand what's going on. I don't know either. I don't know if they know. Which is, which I know is, that. Which is fine. They're going through a process right now. Yes, they are. And they got some really good people on that board now. Yes. One of us is a good friend in front of the pod, Mr. Matt Cameron. So I agree. And Matt, and Matt kind of got me all fired up standing at work the other day because we had this conversation. Um, and long story short, I mean, I reached out to a couple of years past. I don't think the words have been very well generated what's going on this Friday. Wow. But I don't know how you generate it because it needs to come in the form of a press release, you know, from the, the school making a press release. And just, it just seems like a lot of people don't have their poop in a group sometimes. It's just me. I mean, I don't know if I want, let's say, had a empty gymnasium. I wanted people to come in basketball because it's going to be a basketball game. Yes. And you were going to, let's say, induct not one beloved basketball player, but maybe two, Mr. Luke Cordes, Yep. who was a great basketball player. Yes, player. he was. Great kid. So you're going to have the opportunity to actually have two decades, two great basketball athletes that this community beloved. You might want to put the word out because I'm guessing people might want to come to that. You know who they're playing Friday? I do not know. 
Traverse City Central. Oh my god. So <laughs> I need to ask, because I don't know this. Is your dad coming? Yes. <laughs> I'm hoping he doesn't bring his Trojans hat. I would probably lose it then, but I have no words. So I'm going to move on. Anyways, so my Hall of Fame rant is over. Okay. And I would like to, for them to continue to work on righting some wrongs, like we were talking about here. Nate Barden, another great person. Nate may already be on that Wall of Fame, but I don't think he's in the Alpena Hall of Fame. But he is right now, currently, as I told you, seventh place in Michigan, in the state of Michigan, MSHAA. Basketball record book in the blocks in career. Number seven all time. In the history of high school basketball. In the history of high school basketball in Michigan. Nate Martin, seventh, still. Awesome. I didn't know that. These are the things that frustrate me. And I can tell you what, don't try to go online and find any type of stats about Matt in his career. Now, I've said it before, I would possibly like to someday take that upon myself to maybe do that and you get have, it all. In you it. have talked about it. But the amount that is there is just staggering. It's a staggering amount. Yeah. Meanwhile, I have to take my energy instead and put it toward helping pass the school bond so maybe these kids who want to play sports at least be warm and not wearing coats in the classroom and having leaky roofs so they're not. Although dribbling with gloves on your hands helps improve right, basketball. You can not, not make you better. Right. Anyways, so my rant, I got most of it out of my system, so we can continue. <laughs> Long overdue. Thank you. I'm so incredibly proud of you as a person that's known you for a while. Right. Um, let's start, let's go through the progression of the year, or your couple of years. So you were a football player first. Yes. Because you started in the fall. Yep. You played with a pretty good team. Yeah. yeah or I mean, football is, one of, in my opinion, one of the ultimate team sports. Correct. If not the, because yes. there's so it's not like basketball where you could have one player on the court that really influences a lot of people. Eleven kids. Yeah, we had uh, we had a really big offensive line. We had some earth movers. We had really good running backs. We had uh, I got to play with two of what I think are some of the best quarterbacks that Pena has ever had. In- Underrated. Correct. Nick Alexander, everybody remembers him as a, a baseball player, as they should, but he was a great quarterback. And then I had to play with John Lee for two years, who was so sneaky good and such a great athlete. Uh, it was very easy to catch his ball. My favorite thing about John Lee as your quarterback for those two years was that he reminded me very much of another person you played basketball with. Is that he, he might not have had all the gifts, a lot of the, I mean, he was a great athlete, don't get me wrong, but he worked really hard. Really, really hard. Which we'll talk about in basketball. You had another guy that worked incredibly hard, and now he's having a lot of success at another school. Yes, he is. So, And is on the road at Fairview Friday night. I know. He, he called me. So It was really nice. Yeah. All right. So, stick with football. Do you want me to read? I can read your uh, all-star sheet here. Sure. Matt is the son. This, so this is from your uh, Coach's Hall of Fame game. Oh, okay. Which you're, uh, you're in the west, the west side of the state. Yes. Number 81. Yep. In the white red jersey. 
PFIT and everything still? I'm afraid to now. A couple years I was able to ago, I did for a, a draft, a fantasy football draft. I wore it, but I'm afraid you'd have to cut it or burn it off of me now. Yeah. Very important things here. The first paragraph I love because I think it is worth just a quick mention. Matt is the son of Tim and Teresa Chinitsky, has a younger sister, Angie, and a younger brother, Alex. Yeah. Both your brother and sister were great athletes in their own right. Yeah, they were. Yeah, so I just thought we'd touch it on that. Thank you. I think the big brother had a little bit to do with it. It could have. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just It, it could have. I mean, we were. I mean, not now, because Angie's still doing one-handed push-ups. With kids on her back. With kids on her back, and you and I are now old and fat. So, I mean, yes. kudos to her. Yes. Um, <laughs> Matt earned nine varsity letters throughout his career at Alpena High School. That's it. He was a three-year starter in basketball, helped Alpena to do two consecutive basketball district championships, 97-98. We're going to get there. I think that's probably what we'll talk about. The most surprised and most comfortable with that topic. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, he was the captain of the football team. At this time, when this was written, held three records for football at Alpena. Most receiving yards in the game, 194. Most receiving yards in the season, 641. And most receiving yards in a career, 1,367. All-conference wide receiver, three years of his high school career. Yeah. It is worth noting that is nothing like it is now. No. Where they pass the ball, actually. Right. Alpena was a big – We, if you can go back in time, we had a lot of big farm kids. They, want, they wanted to play. They wanted to play football, and they could move some earth, as you alluded to earlier. Right. And we used that to our advantage. We like to run the ball. And most of our running backs had three touches a game. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So to, to be able to do what you did, and John, because I know you, I know how you are, Really speaks volumes on it. Well, thank you. They we ran an I formation. Uh, my sophomore year, Mark Verona came in from Northern Michigan University to coach Alpena High, and he implanted a uh, I formation, and was able to do some tweaks uh, with moving people around and and whatnot. But uh, we had great running backs, uh, Brian Townsend. And Rodney Gray were running backs. Uh, we also had uh, Benji Godfrey, <laughs> who was filthy. And he may or may not have cracked my top five, which we'll get into later. Um, but, uh, you know, John's jersey was really never... Uh, Relatively clean. Yeah, it was dirty. It was never... It was hardly dirty. And if... It was, it was because one of our guys accidentally tackled him. <laughs> so. It is worth mentioning that Alpia isn't really a football school. No. I mean, if we're going to be honest, we're a hockey town. Yes. So for you to, to you were recruited, I like to start with football because while as a team, you guys didn't have the most success. That's going to come on the next conversation we're about to have. Sure. Individually, that is why you were recruited for. Yes. Yeah. So I think that's it is worth noting 
My favorite personal thing, and I know we have it on tape somewhere, and we need to get those to the DVD. Right. Well, they are a DVD. For what? Basketball. No, but football. Do we have football to DVD? No, not yet. We need to do that. Yes. Is when you get that long touchdown and you run out of gas at the 10-yard line. <laughs> it was 89 yards. I know. And the Is that rest- Traverse City West? No, that was home against Corona. Okay. And it ended up being flagged on the play because of a phantom hold by Jason Repke that never occurred. And the referee was running alongside me. He said, there's a flag, you can slow down. And that's why I slowed down. But then I got across the goal line, and I just I turned around, and there's, you know, I'm expecting I start high-fiving and chest-bumping, and nobody, I'm the only one there. Because well, they threw the flag. Because they threw the flag. But uh, I've never been more disappointed in my whole life. I the fa- the best part about that is it, it doesn't help it's aided by a flag, but your my favorite thing ever. I remember one time when my kid, when Jordy was a baby, um, you were going over what foot you lead off with when you take it off on the line. Yeah, and you talk to him about why you do it and what you're doing. It was very specific. I mean, he was two years old. So, I mean, like, he wasn't understanding what you were telling him. He stretched his imagination. Well, what I did love about it is that you meant everything about it. Yeah. Like, and then, and you're, and it just showed me how good you really were because of the level you were at. You know, the nine times out of ten for people that play flag football, they're just going up there and they're walking up and then they're just making sure they're not off sides. Sure. Which, you know, and then there you go. But for you, when you, tell, when you talked about, no, that's the wrong leg, and you like, maybe you kicked his toe. Yeah, you know, put up your other foot, bring it up. Right. And you're like, well, and then you went on this whole speech, right. in which, you know. Well, the funny thing, I had learned that the, the, the previous summer, or a couple summers, I was at the Central Michigan camp, and Butch Jones, who was the head coach at Central, and then Cincinnati, and then Tennessee, at the time was the tight ends coach at Central Michigan. And so he talked about how to release off the line. And he said, if you're, you're running long, you roll your back foot over. And if it's a quick route, you lead with your front foot. And there's a reason for that, because you need, you need the proper footwork, because it's all timing at that level. So that's why. You could make the argument. Well, I think you could have the discussion. Probably one of the most explosive athletes LP has had. Who's that? You. It, I, I use my word carefully there. Sure. I chose it carefully. Your first three steps, if for the size, you were Zion-like, right? What I mean by that, I'm not saying that you're jumping 48 inches. No. I, I'm, I'm not alluding to that. But there's an explosiveness to you that you still have to this day. I mean, it would actually kill your body, and we would be in the hospital over the next six hours. Right. Brad's been I've there. seen it happen. Yeah. I've <laughs> but even to this day, you still have it. Yeah, I save it for emergencies only yeah. now. But yeah, well, I mean, it was just you know, it's a, it was a lot of hard work mm-hmm. and a lot of a lot of time with Coach Marana and Coach Hills, uh, dragging sleds around and pushing stuff and lifting heavy things and 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 just um, moving stuff around. But the other part is that you should take that. Oh, absolutely. Is it sure? Yeah. Okay. Should leave a message. Okay. Yeah. 
the other part that it, you know, a lot of it was God given too, and I'm I'm been so blessed by that. Well, it is worth mentioning some things just can't be taught. Sure. Yeah. There is um there's a set of fundamentals to you, some loosely, different sports that you had that helps and always helps that tr- that echoes through all sports, but some of it's just God given athletic ability. Sure. Anything else football-wise you want to talk about? Um, I got to watch Larry Foote get kicked out of the high school all-star game. We were at the bookstore at MSU, and I was in line with Nick Davis, who played at Manchester, and then he played. He was a kick returner at Wisconsin, and then he was a kick, kick returner for the Vikings and the Detroit Lions. And we were in line together talking about various things, and Larry Foote, all of a sudden the police come and pick up Larry Foote and, and ask him to very quietly leave Spartans campus because the game is played at, in uh, East Lansing. So uh, in that game, there was a bunch of NFL guys that end up making it and uh, very, very cool, very humbling and surreal experience. So that was really fun. What We have about 10 minutes in this segment. Basketball is not going to be 10 minutes. Sure. But what we can make 10 minutes is you're very short-lived. But nonetheless, I think value with your track. You did play track for a little bit. I ran track for three years in high school. Hurdles. I ran hurdles. And uh, I spent my entire high school career chasing John Keller. Which is the whole reason I brought this up. Okay. <laughs> uh, John blistered the hurdles in 14-7, which for... Northern Michigan High School is absolutely flying. What's even more impressive is he did that on a dirt track because he's so old. Right, in spike sandals. I think that's the most impressive part is that uh, they use sap from trees as bonding on the the sandals. So, um, yeah, I ran it in 15-2, which uh, was really funny because at the time I was – Six four two thirty, and you didn't look like a track athlete. No, I looked like I was should have been over at the discus area. Yeah, and, or they would all do the coaches run, like when the coaches run. I mean, that's you just you were not a triple your typical hurdler. No. Definitely not a long distance runner. No, I I did you know the guys from Traverse City, uh, they were all six one hundred eighty pounds. Uh, very not frail, but they were they were smaller guys, and then I'd line up and uh, they'd make jokes, and then they would look see what my rear looks like because they were all behind me, and so. Um, but it was um, I actually led the track team in points my sophomore and junior year, and then I don't really know why, but I didn't run my senior year. But I remember the conversation like I had it this morning. I was walking out with Randy Bouchard. And he looked at me and he says, Muzz, it doesn't seem like you're really excited for track season. And I said, I am not. He goes, why not? I said, I'll be honest with you, I'm tired. I've been, I've been tired for a while and I'm just tired. He goes, well, then why are you running? And I said, I don't know. He goes, it's been a pleasure play, playing and coaching you. And I turned around and I walked away. And I don't know why. I mean, foolish, 
but it's what happened. Maybe. I think you could understand that. I mean, it's hard to say it because you were so young. Mm-hmm. And you don't talk to people that will have these conversations about kids. But you were burned out. I think I was. 100%, man. I think I was. I think between literally year-round sports, and it didn't it didn't stop at the end of the last day of high school. Uh, it was all summer long. And it wasn't just that, but it was that what was going on in your life at that point. You made you made some decisions by the time track came around. Right. You know. Right. I was I had committed to Central Michigan, uh, and we had narrowed that down from Boston College. Uh, the final five were Boston College, Purdue, Indiana, and Western Michigan. And uh, the opportunity to play right away was really exciting. And so that's why I chose Central. Uh, hindsight, I'd probably do it again. Because I think uh, anything that occurred in Mount Pleasant would have occurred anywhere else. And it was just a little bit closer to the home. I, so. I agree to that. I, don't, I, mean, I, I won't argue that point. I think a lot of the things you and I have this discussion all the time, location doesn't change a whole lot. No. No, so, geographical changes don't do a thing. No, they don't. So, so, um, so I appreciated your track career, and plus I got to bring up John Keller on the pod. Now, I don't know if we ever really had to do that, had the opportunity before, but he is one of my favorite human beings. Yeah, he really is. I've known John since I was eight years old. So and I told him this morning that I turned 40 on Thursday, and he just looked at me and stared at me. And I said, what's going on? He goes, I don't know why all, all I see is an eight-year-old boy right now. Yeah. And he had that far away, almost dad kind of look. Well, I mean, so he's he's got you know grandbabies now, and oh yeah, he's been one of the people that have done a lot of behind. He deals with some grimy stuff, mm-hmm. unfortunately, in our community. But he's one of the people that you know he's he he watches over our community in many ways. Yeah. You know, and. Um, very tough job. Yep. John's now the director of DHS here in Alpena in Montmorency. Uh, he used to do CPS for 10 years. And on a side note, I think the CPS workers are really, really superheroes. 100%. I, I think they're the most, it's the most underrated and hated job in Alpena, mm-hmm. but I think it's also the most necessary. My mom worked with Jack Hiller <clears throat> many a year, retired from. DHS, so, um, and the DHS family that she had, Pam Colkey, Jim Adams, yeah. still to this day, they kind of see me, they, they always hug me and always say something nice about my mom. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's that. That's awesome. Well, we're going to take a break, then we're going to dive into basketball. Okay. Your brief college career, and then we have a top five. You want to talk about the top five, Brad? The top five Alpena athletes between 1990 and 2020. Which Brian wasn't exactly excited about. I'm just going to rattle off five names. He's going to rattle off five names. <laughs> he th- might just rattle off the starting five of the 1998. <laughs> 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 I mean, you can make the argument there's some pretty decent kids out there. Oh, yeah. That's so much fun. Oh, my gosh. All right. We'll come back talk to basketball. All right. Basketball. So what I think led to the burnout. Yeah. 
or that conversation you need to have with your track coach isn't so much what I mean by burnout is that you knew you were going to go with Central by then. Right. But you really didn't have time to process that because the minute you got down with football, the minute you got down with football, you were in basketball shorts and in the gym. Correct. And you had the the honor, the blessing, however you want to look at it. Your season didn't end early. You you guys weren't, you know, the regular season is done. Basketball season's over. Right. You guys kept playing for a while. Yes. And then it was, whether you want to admit it, it was fun, but a lot of pressure. Tons. Yes. Especially certain years because as you went on, you got pretty far. Yeah. Yeah. So we've talked about a couple of these things on the pod before, but it is worth just talking about, I think, briefly. I think so. Yeah. Um, basketball, you were at least all-conference two years? Uh, yeah. Honorable mention a sophomore year. Uh, second team, both junior and senior year. Okay. You played with a great team. Unbelievable. I would dare say, I mean, it's easily matches up against any team I've been in basketball has ever had. Very much so. I mean, you can tell me the team, and I'm probably still going to take this team. Well, I think the 76 basketball team that went to the regional finals. Is that with Mike? Uh, no, that was before his time. Yep. No, my uncle was on that team. Uh, Gary Mishley, or uh, Brian Mishley, uh, a bunch of older guys. Jim Dulesky was on that team. And they get, then they went down to Flint and got beat by Flint Northern by 41. That's my problem with that team. So, we're talking eras now. Right. All right. And uh, that's no disrespect to them. Nope. But basketball is different then. Correct. There's no way they could put up with the physicality of your team? Oh, I don't think so. Nor the length? No, we were we were giant. We were huge. For a high school team, I think we were... For Northern Michigan, we were we were a good size. Freakish. You just don't see it anymore. No, our our small forward was six nine. You played yeah, you played small forward at times. Uh, with the type of offense we had, yeah, yeah, it just depended on what what Coach McDonald wanted with the ball at that time. Well, here let me I, let me rephrase that. I rephrase that poorly. Defensively, yes, you played small forward a lot of times. Yes, I did. Yes. Um. I guess I still want to talk about weekend. I don't care. There's a whole bunch of cars pulling in and out, backing up. Neighbors here. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm There's the old lady next door. Good for her. She does it all the time. What, let me ask you this. Yes. What was your favorite high school football moment? Uh, oh, probably the, the first touchdown of my senior year was against Traverse City West, and it was a run. It was a sixty-nine yard run on a on a, a basically a a modified version of a jet sweep. And I was into the secondary before really anybody knew what happened. But uh, Kevin and Kobiak and Brian Coffin were the tailbacks and fullback and they kinda led the charge. And I, I came in motion behind Kevin in the I formation and John flipped the ball and then I had them and then it got to a point where I'm like, well, I'm going to go by you guys now. Thank you. <laughs> and it was, I was off to the races. And um, <clears throat> that was great. I, I think uh, the, long, the, the long touchdown against Sagan Novell 
where uh, after the game, the coach, the coach asked me what my grades were. And I said, well, I'm, I'm not really that smart coach. <laughs> and he just laughed. And he goes, okay. And then it turns out uh, that University of Michigan was there because they, uh, Sean Thompson was the starting tight end at Central Michigan, or at uh, University of Michigan for two years. And he was, they were there watching him and I had greatly outplayed him. That was a game where I had set the school record for yards in the game. And uh, immediately, the coach said immediately after the game, the coaches came down and said, who the heck is that? So, but uh, that was not meant to be. Yeah, it's, it's worth noting. And then people who know you can know this now. I mean, because they see you, you're, you're, you have a very, um, people who know, ominous, I don't want to say it's ominous is a bad word because you're, that sense is evil. But you have a large presence. And then what, the, the, the thing that was weird, and that's why I use the term Zion, use the term LeBron, is you, for as big as you were, you were so fast. Yeah, we, um, my fastest 40 time was a 459 electronically timed at Central Michigan's camp. And so that was that was smoking. Let me ask you this. Football-wise, was there anyone faster than you on the team? Travis Monti. Which makes sense. Yes. But he could also just go forever. Right. And so I think the first couple of times that we would line up in 40 races, I'd get them. But then we did be like 15, 16 times and... After five, he was... Well, and you were mentally checked out after three. <laughs> yep. <laughs> very, very true. And uh, I'm okay with that. It is a truth. I did check out. But uh, that's because I was winded and my brain was not getting the oxygen necessary. So, <laughs> but... So now let's pivot. Your favorite basketball memory. Because, I mean, there's a lot of them. I can tell you my favorite. It had really very little to do with you playing basketball. But it's just when I think of basketball, that's what I think of. I didn't even like Brett. Do you have any good memories? Of his high school career? Yeah. No, but I remember seeing a highlight video. We were at the TV station for some reason in your hop step. You went from one side of the lane to the other, just the hop step. Yeah. That, that one that you were talking that was the, the game winning shot in the district final against Escanaba. And Nate Barr, we did a high-low, and I beat my guy to the inside, and he threw the ball. I was on the right side of the – I was on the right block and jumped across and caught it on the left block. And then as I landed, I went back up with it. And Nate Nate said that he thought the ball was going to go out of bounds. But I ended up getting it. And then it went back up and uh, – you know, Escanaba had a guy that was first team All State that year, Doug Delaney, and he averaged twenty seven a game, and that was when Escanaba was coming below the bridge to play people. So, it is worth also knowing you guys played some incredible competition during that time. It was a really a, a golden age for Northern Michigan basketball, probably. <clears throat> right, um, Flynn Hoffman. The Petoskey boys, yep. I got goosebumps a mile high right now. <laughs> uh, you know, when we played in Petoskey, um, we were number one in Class A. And I, I could be wrong, but as far as I remember being told, 
That was the first time Alpena High had ever been ranked number one in Class A in basketball. And then we went over to Petoskey, and they were number one in Class B. And that was the first time both schools were above uh, Bay City for that to happen. And Joe Frost and Mick McCabe were at the game. And you asked me earlier about my favorite, one of my favorite basketball moments, and I, you know, we did lose. We lost Petoskey by five in overtime. Uh, but that whole game, I mean, words don't describe the the sound of that old Petoskey Fieldhouse, which is what it was. But I remember we drove in and had to drive around to the back parking lot, and there's people wrapped around the corner, you know, 300, 400 deep trying to get into the game. And they they had one of the guys on the team, his dad was the fire marshal. And I'm fairly certain he just relaxed the laws that day, which I don't know about the legalities, but that's for Petoskey to figure out. But well, when you watch, we have that on DVD now. Yes. And when you watch that, it's an eye opener. Oh, it's unreal. That and I love Matt Cameron's haircut. So I mean, those are the, the three. When you watch that, that's what I see: is that gym and that atmosphere, and then Matt's hair just flying around. Yeah. Because it's amazing. Yeah. I think the first time I dunked in a game was one of my favorites. It was because it was my sophomore year in Saginaw, at Saginaw Arthur Hill. And I, for whatever, I, I dunked, and I thought it was necessary to stare down the the crowd at that basketball hoop. And I just had one guy look at me, and this is not good for a podcast, but he looked at me like, do not, do not do this here. Um. When so that brings up my favorite moment. Oh, I'm gonna pivot because I think you and I could get into trouble. So I'm gonna pivot to talk about here, which is Second Arthur Hill in Alpena. Yes, and it was the cowbell. <laughs> my dad and his cowbell. And all I remember is me and Mike Trolla sitting next to each other, and your dad ringing that bell, and there's somebody from. Saginaw was sitting by us and he kept, he was not, um, didn't speak English very well. And he was very much confused on why we had a cowbell (laughs) and why your dad was ringing it every five minutes. And he kept going like, I don't understand why you are ringing the cowbell. He's like, and he was like, just shut the cowbell up, please. That was a that was insane. You know, we had almost clipped them the year before as junior. We, were, you know, my class as juniors, we had Joe Case and Jeff Trelfa, Casey Smith, uh, all those guys, and um, we were up by eleven with four minutes left, and we lost by fifteen because they went on they went on a run, which is typical. For that school, I mean, they have these unbelievable, this unbelievable press, and they put you in uncomfortable situations on a basketball court, and you just turn the ball over. Jason Richardson tipped up to a free throw, a missed free throw, over Josh Rondo. I needed to know it was not me; it was Josh. He tipped it on a free throw, and that was the year they changed the 
the rule, you couldn't move until the ball hit the rim. So he jump stops into the middle of the lane from his spot, jumped over Josh's hips and ass into the lane in like a like a pogo stick, went back up, and when he dunked the ball, he was staring at the rim. And it happened so fast, it was frightening. And, and he dunked with such ferocity, too. One-handed. I remember watching that hoop. Because, you know, they swing down. Yep. And I just remember that thing rattling. Oh, my God. This whole thing's going to fall down. Yeah. He was, it was, it was unreal. And, you know, Matt had fallen out. Matt Cameron had followed out. End of the third quarter. And, uh, you know, we... Brady Smith really stepped up that game. Marcus Savage had a big game against them. God, God rest his soul. Um, but Eric, Eric was a was a Arthur Hill killer. You know, Eric poured in twenty five. Well, he loves, and anyone from Hillman, I know those kids don't believe us, right? But let me tell you something: your coach could ball, and he was not the most gifted athlete. Just worked really, really hard. I, I don't know if I've ever met somebody that worked that hard at one craft that, that I've met personally. Um, he was is an unbelievable human, first and foremost. His mom and dad did a really good job. But, but secondly, he worked his tail off. I mean, he was at Bayview at 7.30 in the morning, leaving at 7.30 at night, going to work a shift. I worried... When Eric's coached basketball, I really worried about him. The primary reason being is the same reason why I felt like Kobe Bryant wouldn't be a, a very good basketball coach. When you have someone that can work that hard and has that expectation of, like, you're just not going to outwork me. You might beat me, but it's certainly not going to be because I didn't work hard. Right. You know? I didn't know how that would translate to air coaching. I really was nervous about the whole thing, but obviously it, it, it's worked wonderfully. It's worked out fantastically yeah. for him, and I couldn't be prouder of him. And he and I talk every so often, uh, and it's it's really funny how quickly we end up sounding like Al Bundy. Oh, 100%. But uh, we, the, we always say this. He and I say the same thing is that man was that fun. Did, I don't think anybody had more fun than we had. I know he and I had laughed, would be playing basketball games and gut laughing because it was joy coming out. Uh, what just a, a fun experience. Just the whole thing for me in high school, I, I, I loved it. I know a lot of people didn't like high school. And there were parts of the school that I didn't like myself, like school itself. <laughs> Um, but I did have great teachers and I think the Alpena public school system is fantastic. And I think that bond should be passed, but we'll get into that in another pod. Um, but I loved, loved everybody I played with. There, there wasn't a single person that I played with that I had the chance to be a part of their team that I didn't enjoy. So in 97, I had so, I said so. 97, did you win districts at home or was that 98? We won districts at home in 98. Okay. So it was 97 we went to Gaylord? No, in 97 we went to Traverse City. Okay. And knocked off Traverse City. They were number three in the state at the time. 
And but that was the year that they had their starting five got suspended for the year for MIPs. And uh, they still climbed their way to number three despite that. And um, now sitting on this side of the fence, understanding the decision that John Constance made the head coach for Traverse City, because, you know, they got in trouble with the law. So by the rules of the MHSAA, they had to sit out two games. And John Constance said, no, you're done for the year. I'm not gonna, you're not going to do this. And Traverse City brought up uh, sophomores out of the varsity and the whole shooting match. But uh, when the guys coming off the bench are Matt Brayton, who was 6'8", 325, and the starting left tackle at Central for three years, and Matt Croft, who played at Michigan State, linebacker Michigan State, and uh, damn near won the discus. Uh, the state championship in the discus his senior year, um, that was something. You know, Jeff Rademacher from Traverse City is probably one of the best shooters I've ever played against. And um, but they got suspended, and they weren't they weren't able to play. And and so we knocked them off by five in Traverse City, knowing that two days later we were going to have to drive up to Marquette to play against Escanaba. And in that game, in the warm-ups, I got a technical foul for dunking. <laughs> we were so jacked. And we were so excited. Matt Cameron and I uh, were throwing them down, and the referees weren't on the floor yet. And my coach looked at me and said, don't get caught. It's a technical foul. They start with two free throws and the ball, no jump ball. I said, okay, coach. And I went up, and both my elbows were above the rim on this one, and I swung myself through. And when I landed, I was at the foot of the referee. <laughs> he just looked at me like, oh, kid, you poor dumb kid. And he blew the whistle, and he teed me up, and we started down 2 nothing which ended up being just fine, but uh, we won the game, and uh, that's all that matters. So, But that was the first time we beat in Traverse City. And the following year was we drilled them in everything. Uh, we did lose to West in football. But um, that's because all the football players went to West and all the basketball players went to uh, central so any so in 98 you guys made a deep run yep um went all the way to regional finals yep uh regional semis oh, semis uh the the disappointing part is that the free press picked us to go to the final four and they said if they can get out of that region because we had muskegon big red and flint northern and they said, if we can get out of that region, you'll be just fine. Because then you'd have to play Sagan Arthur Hill or Midland Dow in the regional final. And then after that. So we got upset by the Muskegon Big Red. Playing on the road. On the road. Down in uh, Big Rapids at Ferris State's gym. Which is, for being honest, 
almost a home court game for them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but also not fair that you guys spent four hours in the car. Yep, and then we stopped at Ponderosa. I mean, I don't want to bring that up, but since that's you okay, I'm I'm I moved past that now. Yeah. I'm in a healthy headspace now, <laughs> so it doesn't it doesn't ping on my radar like it used to. Nice try, Gary. Um, but uh, yeah, we did. We gorged ourselves. Um, I should have listened to um, Josh Rano and said, "Stick your finger down your throat. You got to beat that up. You're not going to be able to play well." And I said, "I'll be fine." No, I was not fine. And that was a terrible way to go out. So, uh, but, you know, just the the expectation of what we we could have done, you know, I let go of the coulda, woulda, shoulda a long time ago. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it was such an honor to play with those guys, you know. I mean, that team has been, that team got inducted into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, Alpina, the Alpena Sports Hall of Fame that team's in. Yeah. Um, that was really fun and exciting. Everybody has less hair and bigger bellies, uh, except for Matt because he, Camerons don't age. So um, he's a beast, still. I know it's not quite right. He's gonna be going down to the pod here again, and he's just—he's a machine. And yeah. I'll tell you this much: the last pod I had, I wanted to kind of gas Matt up, just like we've kind of taken some time to gas you up. And we got done with this pod, which I thought was like a really good pod because I don't think everyone, I think I think Alpina knew that Matt was good at basketball and that he had a decent tech career. But just to go to Luxembourg, decent. discuss say what? It was more than decent at tech. Well, I'm just I, I'm speaking the way Matt would want me to speak. Just normally, <laughs> just how you would want me to speak. About right. It. Sure. Yeah. And to go to Luxembourg and paint, play in pink jerseys and everything that goes along with that. But to be done with that pod, which I thought was like really good, we got to talk a lot about tech. I'll talk about his time over in Europe. And for to be done, and then him go, well, he didn't get to talk about Chevys at all. <laughs> that's Matt, though. Yeah, I mean, so that's, that's I, I, I own one. Yeah. We're going to talk about Chevys. Good. Yeah, but anyways, um, after that, like you said, when you were done with your football season, you or basketball season, you knew you were headed to Central. Oh, yeah, so you, the signing period is the first Tuesday in February. So we're mid-basketball season. Um, and I remember Steve Merch, who was the sports writer at the time. I think he's the one of the boss men now. He retired. Oh, he did? Yeah. Well, he, uh, he knew about it and wanted to put something together. And so uh, we got a photo at the office of me signing my national letter of intent. And, um, it was really, uh, it's almost surreal now to think about it, but, uh, it was really exciting, you know, and I I think it was really joyful for my siblings at the time too. Uh, Alex would race home after school and see who's, what letter was in the, the mailbox. Um, you know, Angie started doing, answering the phone inappropriately. <laughs> Mike Teeter, who was the tight ends coach at Indiana, would call and would fall for it every time. And he'd call back. And, and this is, <laughs> she would just prank call or she would, she would answer it like Marine Market or she, you know, 
Cliff Anschutz or, yeah. you know, whatever. And this is 7.30 at night. And, oh, excuse me, I have the wrong number. And then he'd call back and she'd be like, Mashinsky residence. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, I remember him saying, does your sister like you? I said, I, I don't know. What's up, coach? And he explained what's going on. And, you know, so. That's amazing. Um, let's talk about Central Road really quick. Sure. We got I just left enough time for us to touch on it. Sure. You, you went down to Central. Yep. Spent one whole semester there. Yes. Didn't quite work out. No. The hooks of addiction stuck me. Uh, I can tell you that my mother, we got down there uh, five days before school started, which was allowed by football players coming in at the time. Uh, we got there at 11. She left at 2.30. I was drunk, passed out at 5.30. And it was like somebody turned on the, the, the light switch. And I was off and running. Uh, but, you know, practiced, lifted, you know, all that stuff. But... Um, man, I was not, was not ready for that. And it's worth noting, this is a very similar college experience for a lot of kids. They get down there and there's parties and yep. there's, I mean, I, you can't find a party that every night on a college campus, especially one as large as Central Michigan. Correct. And as, as fun as Central Michigan was, uh, there's a ton of distractions nightly if you so chose um but again i don't i don't regret it i don't wish i had a delorean and go talk to that kid in 1998 i, I you know I, I look at now like what what we have going on now you know and it's really 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 cool what i'm most proud of and we've literally spent an hour and 15 minutes, hour and a half, talking about how great of a high school athlete you were. I just love, for a lot of people, they would let that destroy them. Sure. And you have bounced back, and um, you've helped our community out, continue to do so. On Wednesday night, you're going to be helping our community out. Yeah. So. Wednesday, we're doing the pit count for Nemska. I'm hooking up with Val Williams and Chelsea Cloft, and we're going to drive around uh, helping Nemska grab the numbers on the number of homeless people in Alpena. And it's nationwide, so there's a bunch of different people doing it as well. It's worth noting, um, what do you do now? I am the SOAR Regional Navigator for Prosperity Regions 2, 3, and 5 and temporarily six and seven as well. And so it's all not, that- It's not temporary. Uh, all that means is that I cover 39 counties in the state of Michigan. And SOAR is, stands for SSI, Outreach Access Recovery. And what it is is a national program designed to streamline the process for those that need social security who are at risk of homelessness and or are homeless and have a co-occurring mental health, substance use disorder, or medical impairment. And what it is, it's an approach on how to apply for NAT, for uh, social security applications. And so what I do is I recruit the people and train the people to help the people. And I couldn't be more proud of you. Well, thank you. So I got something to, know, to read you. <laughs> I got a text message late last night. Do we have enough time? No, that's what I said. So I'm going to read it. Let's take a break. I'm going to read that. 
And then if we want to go in there, it's five, we can. Okay. Okay. It's been hard getting a chance to work out when everything closes so early, and I don't get done working until late at night. Where can I even go to stay in shape? Zen 24-Hour Fitness Center is the place you seek. Whoa, where's that at? It's located at US 23 South in Alpena, across from Kiff Miller's Produce in the Lutz Plaza. Wow, thanks, God. Anytime, bro. Zen 24-Hour Fitness Center. For more information, find us on Facebook or call 884-4397. Zen, find peace in your busy life and get a workout when you want it. Last night, <clears throat> I got a text message from your dad. So, uh, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to read the whole conversation. Okay. All right. Hey, Lunchbox. Tim Bashinsky here. Matt, share your info with me. Listen to a couple of your podcasts. Good stuff, my friend. Keep up the good work. <clears throat> By the way, in light of uh, today's tragic news about Kobe Bryant, this old fool from old school would take Kobe over LeBron all night long. Mamba was an assassin. LBJ was just a mercenary looking for the best team that he could make, fit into his own legacy. Kobe only needed the Lakers to cement his legacy on basketball to Mount Rushmore. That speaks volumes to me. Peace. So then, I mean, I I can't argue that. That's why I've always liked Kobe over LeBron. We. That's a whole different pod to cast for discussion. No way we could go down that. I mean, we want to, but it's big. I said, is there anything else you want me to ask the kid tomorrow night? This is what he said. Just tell him his dad is more proud and humbled by this. The man who he is now is far greater achievement than the outstanding athlete he was in his prime. He has and will continue to impact the lives for the greater good of Alpena. That in itself is an example of what a true champion heart is. And I told him, this made me cry. And he said, I've had the privilege of raising three pretty and good athletes, but what matters the most is they've been able to overcome to be who they are today, and nothing can absolutely beat that. And that is true. Because, uh, I mean, that sums it up perfectly, right? right. I mean... Those of you who don't know, but Matt's brother and sister are all great athletes. I mean, Alex got drafted to play baseball. Right. And then Angie was a hell of a soccer player, and of course, we just said she does one hand to push ups with all her kids on the back. And if that doesn't sound impressive to me, we should tell you how many kids she has. She's got eight kids. <laughs> um, but that is 100%. Um, it sums it up for me, which is what I really wanted to say earlier, but I didn't want to. I knew what was going to come out of this. All that Hall of Fame stuff and all that's great, but to me, it really it pales in comparison to what I think of you now and all that you've been able to overcome and what it um, what I think it can mean for a lot of people. And I think that to me, that's why it's all we do. I mean, your stat alone, what you did during as an athlete, stands by itself, but it, it determines or it, it can be a such a platform for other people that when they make sports so so much important for other people's lives that it just it can, it can consume kids. And a lot of times, you know, um, to be able to know that when you face adversity and to know that you can still come out through on the other side, that whole thing, I think that's just as important. I know, you, I know you're proud of that, immensely proud of that, as much as you are of anything else. Yeah. 
we uh, I've had so many wonderful people in my life that have had an impact on me personally uh, that I just <clears throat> you know I'd never be able to put into words what these folks meant to me and mean to me now uh, current but I think it's awesome that this whole thing is going down with your kids yeah so that to me is the most the coolest part is that Henry and Owen get to see it on Friday. Mm -hmm. Like I told my wife, they get to see what hard work looks like at 100%. the end. You know, and, and tonight I you know, I became a coach tonight uh, for the TVBA team at All Saints. <laughs> and Henry's in third in first grade. And he dies over basketball now. And so I talked to the coach, who's Chris Kaufman, okay. who, without question, is the best middle linebacker Alpena High School has ever seen. Oh, my God. Ferocity. I mean, he's he's built like a Kaufman. They're not tall, but they're wide. And, man, could they move. But uh, he's got two kids. One is in Henry's age, you know, in first grade. And they only have eight kids on the team. And so we made a deal that we're going to let Henry and Easton, Chris's boy, be practice dummies for the next couple of years. Oh, my God. <clears throat> and just to watch the joy in Henry at his first practice, you couldn't have wiped that smile off if you wanted to. And I was so, I'm so blessed to see that. He was, you couldn't have wiped the smile off. And I said, Henry, how are you? And he goes, Dad, one of the best days I've ever had. <laughs> and and Owen's, you know, and even Owen's five, playing on the big hoop, and he's making them now. And then he figured out, hey, I can whip it over my head backwards. And we got it on slow mo. <laughs> we must have watched that five hundred times. But you know, for them to be able to understand or at least see what that looks like. Uh, is so special to me, so so special, and I, and I think you know we we can talk all we want about long overdue, and I, and I'll argue that probably isn't because I think it's absolutely God's timing. That is the beautiful thing about it is it's kind of like done at the right time, right? And um, you know sometimes you just look at it and then you can kind of. I mean, I don't doubt that it's overdue, but in many, 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 many ways, as we just discussed now, it's right on time. Right. And, you know, I had so many, you know, really, really great coaches. You know, Dave McDonald, Ron Meshack, who... Pintar was the assistant. Pintar was the assistant. Bill Bright was um, was the freshman coach at the time. Coach at Cliffy. And... Uh, you know, and then for football, I had, you know, Mark Marana believed in me when I did not have a clue and, and, and he saw it, but you know, what was going to come before anybody did. And it wasn't a popular decision to have a sophomore on the varsity and then to play him, 
every snap on offense. Uh, you know, Ray Schuler and I would spend history class first hour at at um, oh, over at the the side school. I don't remember. I don't remember the name off the top of my head, but. Um, we watch game film and he showed me how to watch game film and what I'm looking for. And he goes, don't be an egomaniac and watch, just watch yourself, watch what other people are doing. And, and then Mark Marana took the job in Nagani and then Dave Hills came in and Dave Hills, I mean, never he looked at me, he goes, I don't really know what the hell to do with you. He goes, I want you to play about five different places. But wherever you play is where you're going to play. And I, and I said, okay. And I just trusted these guys, that, you know. And to now look back and, and, and almost be 40 and, and to understand what a mentor and what these guys did for me uh, during, you know, tough times was, you know, there, there's, there's no words, you know. And even afterwards, the conversations that I've had with Pintar about life is just, meant the world to me. So I've, I've, I've been pretty blessed and I've had really, really great people to help me along the way. I mean, it's fun to talk about even Tyler, right? Yeah. Remember Tyler running around and just, yeah, yeah, just little things like that. I, I, I remember the day Tyler was born. Yeah. You know, and I got to, I got to see Dorothy pregnant for months on end and, and watch that. And then to watch what he got to grow up to be was really, really, surreal for me mm-hmm. really really great to be able to watch that but you know <clears throat> my parents um never missed a game my dad my dad and my grandfather never missed a game of anything grandpa tom would sit at the, <laughs> at the track and watch watch track just because he liked watching and he wanted to be there, you know, uh, just so many people that had a great impact. My grandpa, Russ, you know, sh- taught me how to shoot free throws. Got him. You know, like. This is an all thing. Yeah. You know, grandpa Russ taught me how to shoot free throws and really made it, made it a point to, to, to take me, take the time out of having 58 grandkids or however, you know, we have. But to spend that one-on-one time with me was immeasurable, you know. So it's been it's been a heck of a ride, and now I'm into the second act. So it's great. I can't find my list, so I'm going to be a hot mess. I thought I had it with me. I'm just being honest. So you go ahead. <clears throat> I might post something tomorrow because I must have left it at my desk. So I can make it. All right. Don't have five people. Oh, I got five people, but I had an order. I had honorable mentions. I had, mm-hmm. and I'm not gonna be able to put all that together, and I'm gonna forget somebody. That's right. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we're going to the top five or top five Alpina athletes between 1990 and 2020. And I guess number five for me is Melissa Russo. She threw shot put. She's on my list. I have her. She's a little further up the list, though. Uh, for me, uh, Jeremy Patzer. 
was a tailback and a track athlete at Alpena High, and he's the only one that I had that uh, was only played two sports. Everybody else had played three. But he was so good at the two he did. And I remember I was a freshman when he was a senior. Mm -hmm. And it was like watching a god walk around the, the locker room. Uh, and, and, you know, that was a time you didn't talk to freshmen. Yeah. He was so unbelievably fast. And I'm not just talking fast for Alpina. He was fast wherever he went. Um, he finished his senior year sixth in the state in rushing in Class A. And still holds a record for single season rushing yards in a, rushing yards in a season. He was unbelievable. So that's my number five. So I can't, I don't even care I said so. Kristen Sovak's on that list, as I will mention. Um, God dang it. This is really tough. I spent time on this, too. That's what stinks. Um, so I'll do number five, Nick Alexander. It's hard to argue that. Number four. Okay. I'm just going off the names I know. So. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I think that's part of it. And the reason it works that way is because you're not going to just know a name to know a name. If you remember the name, you're remembering the name for a reason. Right. So, I mean, Nick Alexander is a great athlete. Played football. Absolute stud in baseball. Much just like the way Matt shaped had his lane of football. But did other sports. Nick was the same way. <clears throat> he even played hockey yeah. his senior year just for fun. But when you see people like that that are just really gifted. And Chris is the same way. Just female sports are a little bit different. I have two females in my on my top five and within the one. It's pretty high up there. She's just amazing. So Yep. So you did your number four? Yeah. Oh, uh, my number four was uh, Benji Godfrey. <laughs> uh, I got to watch Benji up close and personal for f all the years I was at the high school. Uh, he was a couple years older than I was. He's a year or two, right? He's a senior when I was a sophomore. Because him and Jason Bides are the same age, right? I think. I, th I went Jason Bides, Joe Case. No. Yeah. Buys case, then you. Yes. I think that's how that works. Yeah, went. but Benji was a three-star, three-sport star at Alpena. Fin filled the shoes of Jeremy Patzer very well. Uh, unbelievable lockdown defender in basketball, and then was an absolute missile on the track. Yeah. He really got after people defensively. Oh, he was. basketball. Yeah, like he, annoying. Yeah. Annoying is not maybe even the right word, but then he went and set collegiate records uh, and might still hold the Division III um, kick return yards in a career. He had like eight or nine touchdowns in college on the kick return. And because he had the fastest two steps you've ever seen, he was zero to 60 right now. He was unreal. And he had tree trunks for thighs. His shorts look like they were going to burst at the seam. <laughs> so. Um, I'm going to make you number four then. I think it'd be hard pressed high school wise. Three, three sports that have as much success as you did. 
Appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, let's be honest. You couldn't play baseball. Oh, I don't know. You could. I'm just saying, as a young age, like, if you would have started in seventh, eighth grade, you could have played baseball. Maybe, but I hate the game, yeah. personally. So, um, I talked about it with Mike Cataret, though. Um, you know, and after he found out I wasn't running track, he asked me if I wanted to play baseball, and I said, I don't know how to play baseball. Yeah. I, I don't know any of the fine points of the game. He goes, I'll, I'll teach you really quick. But I, I mean, I didn't play it, but uh, it was interesting. Well, it's just, it goes back to saying, like, I mean, when you're an athlete, this is what we're talking about. Athlete, just some things you can't teach. Yeah, well, yeah, you, yeah. yeah. Oh, Barton was on my honorable mentions. Yeah, Nate Barton was unreal. And everybody remembers him as the basketball player. He got drafted, too. He actually played. I mean, he went on and... He, he was an outstanding baseball player. And I think, if anything, just because of his presence, as he's literally dropping the ball over the plate because he had a 28-foot wingspan. One of my favorite Nate Barton stories was Joe Case told me that him and Nate were playing catch one time. Just like normal. Just yeah, like you would. I heard the story. Yeah. And then and then you're just like... And then Nate's like, okay, Joe, I'm going to start throwing now. And he's like, so what the ball's going to do is... You're going to see the ball here, but you're going to want to put your glove here because that's where the ball's going to stop. <laughs> and Joe says, I've never been so scared of my entire life. <laughs> like, because it was true. He goes, You'd see it and you think the ball, but then it just last minute, and, he goes, and you just hear it snap right into the net. Yeah, I forgot. Nate Brown was on my honorable mentions. All right. Number three, we're going to go with Matt Cameron. That's not a bad pick. He was out. Played uh, baseball. Yep. Was one of the basketball. So. He was outstanding. I I will never argue that. So my number three is. It's Rich, oh, you got to do your number three. Yep. My number three is Melissa Brusso. Yeah. Um. Absolute presence on a basketball court, and was a good golfer. But where she really. What took her into college was throwing shot at, at Alpena High and uh, still has the record. Unbelievable work ethic. And my number three is a shot, female shot putter as well, which is Rachel Kabauer. Well, she was unreal. Unbelievable. Yeah. So thankful she came to Alpena. And it's worth mentioning, if it wasn't for Coach Kabauer, Kelsey would have never been my kids would not have been shot because Jack was the AD opposing. Right. And he tremendously influenced all my kids. And the, the, the shots that Kelsey's shot with at State were Rachel's shots. Yeah. You know, she, she carried them in and over there. And I remember whenever it was, it was like her June, beginning of her junior year, Kelsey had two shoppers she carried over. I said, where'd you do it? It was like a coach bar gave it to me. And he said, you could bring it back when you're done with states. And that's what he told her. And, and that, I told her that at the beginning of the junior year. And then she, she went to states as a junior and she brought her. He's like, no, you got one more year ago. And, you know. So. Uh, that's so cool. That's a great story. <laughs> that's awesome. My number two is Rachel Cabello, too. And my number two is Matt Cameron. Uh, my number two is Austin Leak. Nice. Solid pick. 
uh, outstanding football player. Might be uh, top three running backs Alpina's ever had. Really good football or basketball player and really good uh, uh, baseball player. So he was my number three, or my number two. So I don't really agree with my number one. I like to hear who your number one is, Greg. I'm going to kiss this man. I'm going to kiss for guest's ass. I like it. <laughs> so you matched your number one. My number one I know of, and when I read everything, it seems like everything points to this person. But I really don't know him that well. But it's, I, by going, when you read it, it reads like crazy. It's Ryan Kruger. Yeah, holy cow. So, like, he had an unbelievable hockey career. Right. And it was only further bolstered by his baseball career. He went on and then played four years at Central. And, like, just an outstanding athlete. But I don't really know him that well. I mean, but it just seems like when you look at it and you read it, you're just like, holy cow. I mean, you have a great when – you, when you line it up and you read all your stuff, when you actually read it, you're like, you forget when you read his right. And the thing is, is that he was a great soccer player too at Alpena. Yeah, they said he led, he led the team to the first district in like yeah. twenty years or whatever. Yeah, it yeah. Like when you read, it's what I mean. It's like you read, and it's just like he led a team in this, led the team. They went to the final four in hockey. Yeah, district championship yep. in soccer. Things, so I, you know, just I had a I had a one A and one B. And one B was Ryan Kruger. My one A is CJ McKenzie. CJ was an amazing football player. Yeah. An even better hockey player who played for years after high school. And then we know how good of a baseball player he was too. Yeah, ridiculous. And so and he he set the tone at that school after that. He was really uh, he pushed people, and he, and you know, he was really part of that group of kids that, for that age group that really pushed the underclassmen and uh, to make them better. And so, uh, yeah, CJ McKenzie. I think that's something that we did not touch on base at all. We did previous pods, right? We did it with Matt Cameron, but it's something that while the kids after you had some success, a lot of your success was bolstered on the fact that you had a lot of upperclassmen that really pushed you guys and not just upperclassmen but even like we've said before the local ACC team you guys had a lot of mentors that were able to local athletes that pushed you guys yeah well I know that for me so as a sophomore the other wide receivers were Nathan Sweet and Melbs Lemieux and they'd work with Nick Alexander after practice and I didn't do it for the first couple practices and then Nathan Sweet I was getting ready to take off and he goes where do you think you're going and I, I was going to go home. I'm hungry. He goes, you'll be hungry in an hour when we're done. I said, okay. And, you know, Nate Sweet really, uh, their example of hard work really set an impact on me on, on what that was like. So. Awesome stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, I really wish I had my list because I, I just remember certain names. And I know I had other ones on there that were like really good. You know, kind of mad at my whole thing. That's great. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. It happens. We're getting old, Steve. Yeah. All right. We'll take a break and come back.
Okay. That was the episode. All right. Thought okay. I'd throw a change up in there. It's only going to make us better speakers. It's the only thing we're doing. Self-improvement. Sure. I got to speak first. I actually kind of like, I think it's like a tagline. All right. So. It's our thing. I mean, Why do we want to change our thing? Did people complain to you about this? No. They I just mentioned it to you. So I told you this. I do this thing now where I watch, for my goal, I'm glad people like my videos. One thing I have noticed is I need to be front more. Because people watch these videos I do. Like, that's really cool. I wonder who did that. And I'm not saying, like, you guys. You're my friends. But these things get shared and they get pushed. And they get, like, Sheboygan, for example, right? Some guy in Sheboygan watches the video and it's like, man, that's a cool truck. I would go to Alpia. And then he just walks onto the lot. He doesn't know me. He doesn't even know where. But he has no reference on who he should look. I mean, he could go and face stalk me and look. But really, if I just, like, hey, if, if I put myself in there more, and talk a little bit, it's just going to help me in the long run. But what it is, is when I would record myself, I would be like, so, so I'm like, holy cow, is that what I do? And then I listened to the pod that day because we were having audio problems. We're like, so, 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 wow, this is something I do. I was just becoming very self-aware with the whole thing. So there, I just did it again. I want to talk about something that we forgot about. We have an opening. Yes, we were looking for a couple board members for the Sunrise Side Shriekers. I was very shocked to see you post that. Not in a bad way. I just thought we were discussing it. And then you oh. liked it so much, you just grabbed that baton yes. and sprinted to the yes. finish line, which I liked. I figured why BS around it and just... I mean, we've talked about it before. Yes. So. Um, we are looking for... I personally would like to bring in someone that's not connected with us. Because we have so many people that know us, or like our friends with us, we're not extending our circle at all. So, I mean, we, they could know you and me, and we can know them, but I don't want them necessarily in our inner circle because it's not doing any good. Yeah. It's just going to be like, we might as well just go hang out as friends. And, and that's not saying that they won't help us because Matt's still going to come with the race. So, you know, and he's still going to volunteer and he's still going to bring his kids. So, as much as I would value him 100%, we're really looking for someone to help grow us a little bit that position and then there's another position which i thought we could talk a little bit we could hash it out right now this is a long time tonight that's all right i personally would like the kid to be a little bit older so i think it's an opportunity for someone in eighth grade on up to have a, to have it build their resume as well for college yeah. to say hey i'm also serving on this board i learned this everything so when we bring in this person and then these parents, whatever they want to submit, I think it'd be it's cute. But if we wanted a little kid, and all honesty, we would have brought your niece and nephew in, yeah. right? Okay. And I don't know if people know that, so I just thought that we could clarify. Like, I'm looking for someone anywhere from 12 to 17 years old who wants to get some experience. That would probably, and then ideally, if they also have some connections as well. We're aboard that too. So we're always looking for volunteers, especially the day of the race. We're going to do some of the things that we hope to do this year. We're going to need a lot of volunteers. And we've already decided, one, we're going to rent the Merchants Building again. If it rains, which it does on Halloween sometimes, it almost seems like every other year it rains in Alpena. This is going to be a great opportunity for someone like Matt 
who's not going to want to go out there in the rain and the snow with their kids at 5 o'clock at night, can come to a safe, warm, dry, see what I did there, place, and trick or treat with their kids. Yeah. Well, worst case scenario, we will have a little station set up on that merchant building. We will have people come in the one end, come through, and they can poop out the other end, and that'll be that. So we're going to go forward with that. Also, we've already got our second sponsor. Because yes. we already got our first yes. one. Real Estate One. There's a sponsor already. And now Dairy Queen's on board again. They are back to however we wanted to use the Blizzard for a year. Or a season. Right. Which last year we did it for one kid. Yes. And I think we're going to use probably for a kid again. Um. And we're going to get more into that later on. We have narrowed it down pretty well if we're going to do it, right? Yep. And we'll bring that person on. We'll talk about the pod and everything that we want to do with the race this year. I think we need to have a meeting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and sort some things out and then bring it along to that. But I'm very excited. <clears throat> I think it's a great organization, and I think it ties into so many things in our community. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so um, that's cool. Yes. So if you guys know of anyone, or if you're listening and you know of a kid that, you know, we're, we don't ask a lot. We meet maybe once a month. And then even right now, we could, well, we're probably going to, once we meet you, we're going to meet you. Oh, yeah. But we really don't meet a lot until late summer, yeah. when it gets close to Halloween. And everything after that can be done in an email. But, you know, whatever they want to do. We're going to meet once a month. Which is usually the most we meet yeah. up until coming to race. We, we usually just talk through text. Yeah, so. so I'll clarify the post. Yeah. Later no. Well, we'll share it again. We'll just keep saying, hey, this is what we're looking for. But this brings up a great point. What are you doing this weekend, Matthew? Uh, <clears throat> we're going to do something outside adventurous with the boys. I like that. Uh, I don't know if there's any concrete plans that I'm forgetting about. You are, but I'll talk. Um, okay so Friday night what are you doing Matt uh, gonna be at the basketball game and then going on the wall of fame on Friday <laughs> there we go so Friday night Matt <laughs> <laughs> we've just spent two and a half hours talking which let you need to know everything about what I love about Matt right there. <laughs> yes that is uh, a really really cool experience so this weekend is a really tough weekend yes for all of us yes. this is probably the, the, we get so the, the high of, of you Friday and then of course Saturday. Yep. We're gonna move the Mindox. So yes. um, it's gonna be a tough day for me. I've just I don't want to say I'm in a denial, but to me they haven't left until they leave. So once they leave, then it's gonna be they're gone. Right. If that makes sense. Hopefully, I'll be all cried out by the good news though. The way this week's going, I get to see Jeff Saturday. So that's good. Yeah. Yep. So I'm taking it as a positive, I guess. Yes. And it sounds like Paige is going to come back every month. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. And it, I'm sure Alice will probably go see Paige every every month, too. So they probably won't go one or two <laughs> to see each other. And to be honest, until they moved, they were only seeing each other once every two weeks anyway. So it's like, a, like she's even done. She's going to cost us more money now. Uh, Anyways. I said that in a nice way. You guys know. <laughs> oh, I love this place. What are you doing this weekend, Bradley? Well, I'm going to go see Matt get inducted and, and help the Mindox move. Yeah. Probably cry a little more. 
there's a good chance we're going to be back here Saturday night for pizza. Yes. So, I don't know. Our problem is, as you heard, we don't even know what time Jeff's going to tell me yet. Yeah. So, we don't know how Supposedly long. Supposedly between 10 and 12. <laughs> 10 and 12. And then we got to move some stuff. Move some stuff to the Christian Scoopers. Move some stuff to that. And then, and then, and then. We don't know how long that thing's going to take, so we can't plan anything for dinner. I know you love it. But the only good news I have is you at least start in the loop so you know I'm like, when I say, I have no idea what's going on, Brad. You know, like. I don't know either. Yeah, so. That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I do know, though, that they plan, they have to drive through the day Sunday. Yes. And they have to leave early. So they're not looking for a crazy night Saturday night. No. And they have to be on the road pretty early Sunday. So, with it, taking that within the whole scheme of things. So, no repeat of last Saturday. High chance I'll probably take Alice, and if the weather's decent, I'll probably take her over to Gaylord, let her get a Starbucks, maybe do a little shopping, keep her mind busy. Yeah. I don't know. A little Bed Bath & Beyond. Yeah, a little Bed Bath & A little Home Depot. Lowe's, who knows? I don't, I don't know. I don't know if we'll have enough time. Yeah, not enough time. Right. We might have a little get-together here for Super Bowl. We'll see. Well, it's Super Bowl Sunday, too. I'm selling squares. So if you guys want any, let me know. All right. I know you said you wanted to, so. Um, and then what else is going on? Well, we were talking about our guest next week. Yeah, Jackie Krawcheck. Jackie Krawcheck. Fresh from, I think she'll be close to her new position. She started today. Yeah. And then, of course, um, we have the annual dinner coming up. So she's still going to have her hand in the annual dinner. We'll talk about a little bit what it's like transitioning, change, nerve-wracking. I kind of like the whole thing. And then if she wants to allude a little bit more of what she's doing, which I think a lot of people do, this will give us the opportunity to do that. A true hot take. People are like, oh, my gosh, I want to know. That's a good chance to increase her viewership. Talk to her a little bit Friday about how she was feeling about the transition. He was all right, but has its up and downs. Well, change is hard for anyone. Yeah. Even someone like Jackie who navigates it rather well. I mean, she was with the chamber for 13 and a half years. Yeah. It's a long time. And there is a certain amount of safety net to that. I I can't wait to explore. Yes. I think it should make it for an interesting pod. And then after that, we have John Zawacki, I think. Good chance, Claire, and then we'll have a surprise guest be the last the last week of February is a surprise because we plan on announcing who the yes. So that's what we have that time slot set up for. We're gonna unveil who it is, some of the things we plan on doing with it, but the race I'm talking about. Sorry, man. Who who who? Yes. Brad's pumped. I don't know if you guys can tell or not, but he is super excited. I just, I don't know what to say. I know. He's jittering in his seat right now. A lot of emotions. It was emotional pie yesterday, emotional. Allison, Kluski won. Kluski won. Allison, zero today. (laughs) So. (laughs) I told my mom that she didn't go to work today. I was like, I guess I should send her an I'm sorry card. No. She knew what she was doing the whole time. We knew there was a chance of that. It wasn't, I don't think it was just that. There was a little, Allison did a lot this weekend, and she worked all weekend at the bowling alley. And then anytime she does that, she usually just, it's a whole bunch of different things. And it's a process. It's tough because 
it was up to Allison, she go a million miles an hour. And it's hard to, you know, when your body's telling you no, which is the opposite of our colleague. <laughs> you should have listened. Anyways, I think it's a great way to end this pod. <laughs> All right, we'll see you guys next week. Thank you, everybody. You're welcome.